Welcome to the WIPS Podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. So hello, everyone. I'm introducing today Mary Nunley. She's close to Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome, Mary. Hi, thanks for having me as your guest today. Well, I'm really pleased to have you. And uh, we'll be interviewing you on the public speaking for women, especially women that sometimes are afraid to take the stage. That is fantastic. That's a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. And I'm sure we'll have a lot of pleasure chit-chatting about this. So tell me, Mary, what do you work or what's your work or business? Okay. Well, my business right now is I started a new company in January and we are producing science courses for homeschool students between the ages of eight and 13, where they will... Well, thank you. Well, they will learn science, but through cooking. So the, the program is actually called Simple Science in the Kitchen. Wow, that's amazing. That's pretty awesome. And my second question for you, okay. <laughs> are you, well, it might seem obvious, but I'm still asking, are you a shy person or outspoken person? So that is actually a really good question. At my core, I am a very introverted, shy person. But I have learned through the years how to be more outgoing when the situation calls for it. So a lot of people that I've worked with can't believe that I am a very shy person, but I just sort of put on this mask and go, this is what I have to do. So I'm going to talk and be outgoing and bubbly. And then I go home and like sit in a room and don't talk to anybody for hours. (laughs) Well, I can relate to that. We're close. We have close personalities, I would say. (laughs) So that's nice to know. And what, when was the first time that you were asked to speak in public? So the very first time that I can remember speaking in public was actually in elementary school where I was in a program for gifted children and we put on plays. Fortunately, I had very small parts, um, so I didn't have to do a lot of speaking. But my real experience public speaking started in high school when I was on the speech team. And I did extemporaneous speaking, which is probably the worst thing for a shy person to do because (laughs) you would not know what you were speaking about until one hour before your presentation. And it was all on current events. So I would walk around. This is long before laptops and computers. So I would have a file folder filled with magazine articles (laughs) on current events. And then we would get to the tournament and find out what our topic was. And then you'd have an hour to write a speech and then present it. Oh, wow. Okay, what a situation. And how was that first experience? Maybe that one more in particular, because I guess we'll, we, we have all, all been asked to public speaking, do public speaking at grade school, and a little bit more in high school, of course, but I would be interested to know how was that experience? So the first two years, it was extremely terrifying. Um, By the third year, I finally knew what was expected, and I was able to prepare myself. The other part was my younger sister went to the same high school, so I made her do it with me so that she had to carry the briefcase everywhere. (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) Because I was a junior, and she was a freshman, and so she had to do what I told her. Um, So anyway, (laughs) but it it was also nice because I had somebody there with me. 
that I was very familiar and comfortable with. And so it took away some of that um, fear because even if things weren't going well, I had a family member there that, you know, was kind of there cheering me on. And then I was cheering her on also. So it was the comforting part of it. It was. It was a comforting part having somebody that I knew in the audience. Oh, nice. And uh, did you have any, I call them bad experiences or uh, challenging experiences while you did public speaking? Sure. So if you fast forward to adulthood, um, I've done quite a bit of public speaking, speaking at conferences, um, doing presentations for community groups, and most of them are around technology because I do have a very strong technology background. And so I think one of the biggest fails was I was presenting to a group of about 15 administrative assistants, and it was a day-long event, and I was the featured speaker, and the technology didn't work. So my whole presentation was on Excel and PowerPoint, and we couldn't get the laptop to connect to the projector. Um, we just had all kinds of technical challenges. Okay. <laughs> and we didn't have a lot of handouts, and it was supposed to be hands-on. And so there I am in front of the room going, imagine that on the screen you see this spreadsheet. <laughs> and if you look at the left-hand corner, you'll see this word file. Now imagine that you click on that. <laughs> Oh, I can just imagine the technology gods were against you that day. <laughs> That's it. So, you know, the first half of the presentation was a little bit rough. By by the midpoint, we did have a break and were able to get things connected. Oh, geez. But it was being able to, in my mind, go, okay, I can either panic or I can go with what I know. And I, again, going back to my having somebody in the audience that's there, that's a comfort. My daughter was also at the presentation with me as my kind of right-handed helper. So it was nice having that friendly face going, okay, mom, you can do this. It's going to work. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, she was able to walk around the room too and answer people's questions. But I would say that was by far the biggest fail that I've had speaking. Oh, I, I'm, I can imagine. That's always complicated when it happens. But what did you learn from that experience? I'm sure you learned something. Yes. So I learned a couple of things. The first thing is always get to the, the event early and check and double check oh, yeah. um, the technology. And if possible, because I use a Mac. Um, and they were ready for a PC. So have, have your presentation somewhere that you can access it from a different computer. So if things don't work, you still can get to it. And then the other thing I learned is as much as I like to not have print handouts, it's always a good idea to print your presentation. So if the technology fails as it will, you still have something in the hands of your audience that they can refer back to. Oh, you're right. Although there's also nowadays a possibility to have to give them an access on a cloud server or shared drive on cloud. But I agree with you having some hard copies, especially technology is not cooperating. Right. Very useful. Yes. And, you know, there have been some conferences I've presented at where there are so many people, the venue couldn't handle everybody hitting the Wi-Fi. Oh, so even true. as a presenter, I couldn't access my presentation. So I always try to make sure that I have a hard copy on my computer as well. Oh, you're right. Well, I always tell people, 
you need a few plans for your actual presentation file. And if you're relying solely on the cloud, well, you're relying on failing. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it. So I believe in having like three backups. You know, I can have my presentation here. I can have my presentation here and I can have my presentation here. Some people think it's overkill. I just like that level of comfort myself knowing that, if something goes wrong, there's a plan B and a plan C, sometimes even a plan D. Oh, yeah. When you're presenting, you never have uh, too many backups. I can That's vote. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can confirm. Excellent. Uh, that's it. Well, that was effectively uh, quite a learning experience, but I'm sure people will be able to relate and realize, okay, I need to be careful about that. But I'm also sure you also have some great memories of taking the stage. So do you have one in particular that was great and why it was it so great? Oh, sure. Um, one in particular, it was an international conference that I was attending for a learning management system that I used back in my days of education. And we were presenting some of the fun things that we were doing on our campus. And I was co-presenting with another professor from another school. And we made sure that we had all kinds of fun activities, giveaways, and just ways to get the audience up and, and moving because we were the last presentation at the end of the day which is also a time when a lot of people just don't want to go and hear your session because oh, they're right. tired. And so we took that into consideration. And even though we didn't have a large audience and we were in a huge room, um, the people that walked away found us very memorable and they kept talking about what a good time they had because we did something different. Oh, and good for you just ourselves and we played off of each other's personalities and we had people stand up and it's like, okay, answer this question, you get a chocolate bar, answer this question, <laughs> you get a slinky or whatever it was. So um, that was probably one of my best memories presenting. And I like it a lot because you're the proof that if you have your audience in mind and catering to their needs, or in your case, being the last session of the day when people they just had it. They're toast about all the things they've learned and they're tired. Well, you made sure that they would be remembering and having fun. So good for you. That is really awesome. I like it. Thank you. And the good news was, is we were invited to present the next year and we had a bigger audience. So I guess <laughs> I, I'm sure. Mouth. <laughs> you did a great job. So word gets out. <laughs> That's it. You know, and, and, and as long as you're memorable, and I think that's the key thing is, is be memorable, um, hopefully in a positive way. True. And people do remember, like, you know, even going back to that fail, people remembered not that the technology didn't work. They remembered that I was calm and that by the end of the day, they still learned stuff. So I think that's, that's my one really kind of key piece of thing is be it memorable is. in a positive way. Good for you. I like that. And uh, okay, here's one. I find it my funny question, but all women, we always wonder, oh, what am I going to wear? I'm doing a public speaking thing next week or next month. And what's your one wardrobe tip that you would give to women? Oh, what a great question. I think my one wardrobe tip, and it's going to be a twofold tip because I can never just do one thing, um, <laughs> as my family will tell you, is first of all, don't wear something new for your presentation. 
Okay. Wear something that you feel confident and comfortable in. And before you put it on for that speaking engagement, test it the day before just to make sure there isn't an accidental like spaghetti stain on the front of the blouse. (laughs) Well, you're so right. (laughs) It's like, hey, this is my most comfortable outfit and oh, I need to take it to the cleaners. So that would be my one piece of advice, even though it's got two parts. Uh, But it's a great one because if you're not comfortable in your clothing, you won't make it uh, seamlessly on the stage. That's you'll, it. You'll be tugging and pulling and trying to put yourself together because you're not comfortable. So I totally agree. That's a great one. Well, thank you. And, and in my case, never wear heels. <laughs> uh, you know what? As I, you're right. As long as we respect what we're comfortable in, I, it goes with the shoes too. It does. It <laughs> really does. The shoes. <laughs> And I have one final question for you, Mary. Sure. Um, what, what one tip would you give to women so they would be empowered to take the stage more confidently? Oh, okay. The one tip that I would give to women to be confident taking the stage is don't be afraid and practice. So start out speaking to two or three people and get success there. And then realize that you can do it. And then speaking in front of a thousand people is actually less scary to me than speaking to four or five people. Oh, you're probably right. You don't have that close proximity Mm -hmm. when you have a large crowd. Right. You know, if I'm on the stage with a large group of people, I can't see their faces. And so I don't know if they don't like what I'm saying, but if I'm speaking to four or five people, I can see every single reaction. Yes. yes. And some, in some cases, again, as an introverted person, for me, it's a lot easier to speak to a large group than it is to speak to one or two people. And that's an interesting tip because I'm sure listeners will probably be able to relate. People that are afraid to start with probably think, oh, I'll never be able to make it in front of a large group. So I like what you're suggesting. Yeah, I think it's going to change mentalities uh, that it doesn't really matter to have a huge group in front of you. Don't be afraid. Yes. I like that. Well, you know what, Mary? I really enjoyed talking to you because with all your answers, I'm quite sure that you'll be helping other women realize that they can take the stage too. Well, Chantel, I have enjoyed the conversation and I look forward to seeing many more women on stage. So I thank you very much, Mary, for your time and let's keep in touch. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell us what you think by commenting and even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking. 